I'm John Winters. Welcome to the ITPS Podcast. This month, we're doing things a little differently. For episode three, I interviewed Andre Jacobs, Senior Manager of Tribal Partnerships with America 250. And since that interview, Andre hosted the first ever meeting of the Tribal Advisory Group, a small group of representatives of indigenous nations who expressed a willingness to collaborate with America 250. As Andre mentioned in our interview, this project is still in its early stages, so the participants in this meeting ask critical questions about America 250, about representation, and they highlight the concerns and hopes that some indigenous communities have for this commemoration. So with the permission of Andre and America 250, coming up is a recording of that online meeting. I edit out only the silences and the background noise, but every word of the participants is preserved. You can find the video of this meeting and every meeting after this at youtube.com slash America 250. So here it is, the first meeting of the Tribal Advisory Group. I want to thank you all. Greetings all. Uh, welcome to America 250's historic first Tribal Advisory Group meeting. Uh, I'm Andre Jacobs, Senior Manager of Tribal Partnerships here at America 250, and I'm your moderator today. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. This conversation is being recorded and will be available on the America 250 website and YouTube soon after we are done. Please use the Q&A uh, function to ask questions or make comments. A reminder to all that America 250 and these conversations are nonpartisan. And a shout out to Mari for keeping everything running smoothly behind the scenes. So let's get going. Let's share about our meeting goal for today. Well, our goal is to listen and hear what tribes in the native community would like out of this commemoration. This is a space for tribes and intertribal organizations. If you're observing, please observe and allow the native community space to share and speak. So this is the agenda for today. Uh, we'll have welcome and introductions about eight minutes from our president and CEO, Joe Daniels, along with myself. We'll give an overview of America 250 and our tribal partnerships effort. I'll share what our discussion points are for today. And then that'll open us up for a greater discussion that you, the tribes and the native community get to create. And lastly, we'll share our upcoming events and offer a closing. Next, let me introduce Joe Daniels, our president and CEO. Joe joins us after a long career in public service, which he can share with you today. So Joe, please take it away. Thanks, Andre. Um, I want to first just start out by thanking our tribal nations, uh, the intertribal organizations, the ex officio A250 partners, and of course the greater Native community for joining us today. Um, I also want to acknowledge and honor the Indigenous communities whose territory uh, I'm on right now. I'm joining you from Brooklyn, New York which of course was built on the indigenous homelands and resources of the 14 native nations and their ancestors going back over 10,000 years. And in many respects, uh, 
still benefit, of course, from the many diverse indigenous peoples that still are connected to this land. Um, as Andre said, I thought I would just spend a, a couple of minutes giving my background and, and hopefully expressing our intention, which Andre uh, so eloquently outlined of listening um, to the, the, the discussion and the hopes of our tribal partners as we put together what will be a very complicated, um, but we hope very impactful semi-quincentennial, which of course will peak on July 4th of 2026. So by way of my background, um, I think the, I've had two recent experiences that, that are relevant to the project that I'm working on now and, and which brought me to America 250. Um, the one that I just wanted to speak about for a minute was uh, my time as the founding CEO of the National September 11th Memorial and Museum in New York City. Um, the reason why that experience informs my approach and, and our team's approach to this project was it had some really deep similarities. It had a subject matter that in very different ways touched tens of millions of people across our country and in fact, around the world. But many of these stakeholders uh, and individuals and organizations came at the subject, came at the subject of 9-11 um, in very different ways. And it was the mission of the 9-11 Memorial Foundation to find ways to create a memorial and a museum in that case that could unite and allow for a vast array cut across an entire spectrum of our society in telling stories that were relevant to the topic. And I can think of, you know, we, we will certainly, we certainly recognize that a successful semi-quincentennial, a celebration and a reflection that is a part of the 250 years that the United States has been around, um, it can only be achieved if we are able to bring to this country a deeper understanding um, of the lands which this country now occupies and the, the history stretching back for thousands and thousands of years is unfortunately a history that is not well known um, or not well known enough by, uh, by your average American. And we're really hopeful that this effort can make a real difference in that space. Um, as a part of the 9-11 the, the experience, I'll just share one aside. You know, it was one of the times in my life where I had a sort of a first real world example of the contributions of, of native peoples on something that I was working on. And when you look back at the history of New York and the history of the World Trade Center, um, it's just an incredibly fascinating history of the, the Mohawk tribe and the Skywalkers, the iron workers who work hundreds of feet, sometimes you know, in excess of a thousand feet in the sky, building some of the most iconic symbols of America that exists today. That was true both in the original Twin Towers and is certainly true in the US's tallest building, 
um, the Freedom Tower, otherwise known as One World Trade Center. Um, and to see the millions of visitors who came through our museum from cities and states and towns across this nation be able to experience an exhibit uh, about the history of the Mohawk and of the Skywalkers and walk away with a deeper understanding of the land on, in which we occupy gave me a glimpse that of what this semi-quincentennial can do. You know, certainly, and Andrea's done a tremendous job of communicating across the organization that is America 250, the importance of making sure that our efforts in the tri tribal and native space um, are about as far away from just checking a box as they possibly could be. Um, and I fully support that vision. And in everything that we do, we wanna make sure that we in, not only include, but support uh, the, the efforts in this critical area. And I know there, there are members of the A250 staff um, that are on this call as well um, to show their support and to show how the work that we do, um, we want to amplify the important aspirations and the important work that you all do as well. As far as the challenge of this project, particularly in with respect to tribal identity, you know, I, I think, and again, after long discussions with, with Andre, the, the sense of, as he's communicated, the erosion of, of cultural tribal identity is, is real. Um, that we have a real opportunity to support your efforts to promote a better understanding of Native American, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian customs and traditions. As I said before, Americans don't understand tribal culture and heritage, and that if there was any effort um, that could really play a role in making a difference in this space, we believe that this, what we think will be an epic endeavor, um, the semi-quincentennial, the marking of our 250th milestone, this is a huge contribution in our success is to make a, a real difference in this space to promote a better understanding. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to broadcast tribal history and, and culture on a national international scale. Um, we wanna prioritize and facilitate tribal commemorative and celebratory projects during this semi-quincentennial period. We wanna educate the public the federal agencies, states, towns, and local communities across America about the 10,000 years of native history in this land um, called America. I think that one of the, the pieces of value that we as an organization can bring to this effort is that we see ourselves at the center of this commemoration. We have partnerships with 20 different federal agencies with many more on the way. We already have um, 24 state commissions have been created uh, across the country as we march towards having all of the states covered. We have partnerships with scores of nonprofits and uh, other entities that are trying to figure out with us the best way to support the efforts of the semi-quincentennial. And we wanna make sure that your voices, your dreams, your aspirations are reflected in the work that we do. Ultimately, you know, this is about making a long lasting imp impact. 
in commemorating tribal experiences. That's, it's a lofty goal. And for those of you that have had the opportunity to, to have visited the 9-11 Memorial and the museum that's at Ground Zero, um, that same approach uh, is what we're bringing here and same approach in the following way, which is we hold ourselves to uh, an incredibly high standard. And certainly what we hope to achieve is a lasting legacy. You know, lasting legacy can be in many different forms, whether that's a physical legacy or impo importantly, an emotional legacy. The idea that 50 years from now, people will look back and say, you know, I can't believe in a time that our country was so divided when there was so much polarization that for this relatively short period in time, people were able to set aside their differences and come together understanding that we are all connected um, in the experience of living on the land that we do. That would be something that is meaningful. We look to historical precursors, both to learn what went right, but also to learn where we could do better. Andre has often uh, talked to me about the successes of the Lewis and Clark effort that took place um, as a model for tribal engagement. We look at the way the bicentennial was structured and its efforts in the tribal and native areas. And we will absolutely incorporate the best of, of what was utilized, but we also wanna build on what was done and make what we do a model at the highest level for efforts um, on into the future. Lastly, I'll just say, and again, to support what, what Andre already said, is that I fundamentally believe in the power of listening as a way to, uh, as a way to be, frankly. And, and in this project, I think more than many, it's that much more important. We, we are not the experts beyond our own experiences and our outreach in the tribal and native space is all about understanding experiences outside our own, recognizing their importance, but not being able to amplify all of the work and culture that you represent without a deep period of listening. And I'm so thankful that we're able to kick this deep period of listening off today. And uh, just know that you have my personal support as well as my organizational support. And I know I speak uh, for the US Semi-Quincentennial Commission um, when I say that we are gonna work hard to make you proud of how we feature um, the native peoples. Uh, and again, so happy that you're here today. Thanks, Andre. Thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate that. Um, Madi, can you advance to the next slide, please? Um, I believe you're still controlling. Oh, okay. the yep, there we go. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before sharing about myself, um, I, as Joe mentioned, uh, the Lewis and Clark exp uh, Bicentennial, they had some great leaders. So before sharing about myself, I have to give thanks to those that have worked in this federal commemorations tribal space in the past 
and who've left me a toolkit, uh, the publication of enough good people. So if you get a chance, please, uh, for those tribes that are here today, please take a look, download the book from the National Park Service called Enough Good People. Gerard Baker and Alan Pinkham, Oyana Chucknuck, thank you very much for your recommendations. Uh, you've shared lessons that you've learned and opportunities that will make national tribal commemoration spaces even better. Um, so Oyana Chucknuck, thank you again for the work that you've done, Mr. Baker and Mr. Pinkham. Now a little about myself. I'm an enrolled tribal member of Arutsagagamut Native Council in Bethel, Alaska. Uh, I began my career fundraising to build remote health clinics and villages in Southwest Alaska and the Yukon Kuskokwim Delta. We're about 24 million to build clinics in uh, Yukon Kuskokwim Delta. I'm a former Bethel, Alaska city council member and I'm current former, or excuse me, current member, uh, board member for KYUK, a public broadcasting station. Um, it's also the oldest um, bilingual native radio and television station uh, in America. And prior to working here at, eight, at America 250, I used to fundraise in Seattle uh, for homelessness efforts and faith-based organizations and for the native community, uh, Chief Seattle Club, Seattle Indian Health Board, and Tacoma Rescue Mission. And lastly, two more things. Uh, I have two bullets here. I did this great walk across the country with this group, American Indian Movement, back in 2008 for the protection of indigenous sacred sites. And also, I had a little t-shirt company with uh, my buddy back in the day, sold a shirt with 47 letters, the longest word in Yupik that you can see right there. Again, that's which means, well, maybe you really did not want to make me a small airplane. And I imagine that it must have been a group of linguists that got together and decided we're going to make the longest word in Yupik, and that's what happened. And I just thought it would be a great idea. So, let's pivot now about America 250. This is our purpose to catalyze a more perfect union. Our mission is to commemorate our 250th anniversary by designing inclusive programs that inspire Americans to renew and strengthen our daring experiment in democracy. Here's our vision. The shared experiences of America 250 will ignite our imaginations, elevate our diverse stories, inspire service in our communities, and demonstrate the lasting durable durability of the American project. And to learn more, please visit America250.org. Now a little about tribal partnerships. Of course, we're meeting today for our tribal advisory group. This is our first, one of our first efforts for engagement in 2022, a, a crucial component to supporting tribal engagement and participation, and that you directly shape our programs and planning in these meetings uh, through this effort, through 2022, and throughout this commemorative period. And I'll share more uh, on our tribal advisory group and the developments we've made thus far um, in it in our next slide. Second, in 2022, we're offering roundtables, and the purpose is to invite participation 
and build relationships with Native nations and communities through listening and learning how we can be a good partner in this commemoration. And lastly, program support. Programming support will be crucial to ensuring tribal nations and our Native-led organizations can shape how we honor, how we honor our past 250 years and our next, uh, shape our next 250 years and 10,000 years. To learn more about our tribal partnerships efforts, you can visit America250.org backslash tribal. So here have been our developments thus far. I really want to thank these folks that have reached out and offered us official communication de uh, designating who they would uh, like to participate thus far. So we have uh, Cherokee Nation, Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin, Payana Chucknuck, thank you very much. Shawnee Tribes, Second Chief Roy Baldridge, we're honored to have you uh, participate. Chickasaw Nation, Miss Sheila Brashear, Wide Earth Band of Minnesota Chippewa Tribe, uh, Jamie Arsenault, and Bobby Webster from Oneida Nation. Now, we have also received an intertribal organization resolution. Though this is for tribes, others in the Native community of, uh, also want to participate, and we've already received a resolution. United South and Eastern Tribes has resolved that they want to be a part of this tribal advisory group. And we've also had interest expressed from the Mashpee Wampanoag tribe uh, as well. So I want to thank these folks that have reached out to us and want to participate. Greatly appreciated. All right. So here's what we're here for today. Again, we're here to listen and hear what you tribes and you, the Native community, would like out of this commemoration. So I'd like to pose questions and then open it up for you, the floor to you, the Native community, to help figure out how we're going to shape this. Again, we're here to listen today and hear what you want out of this. Here are some of the, here are the questions. What do you envision for tribal communities in the next 250 years and 10,000 years? What can and should a tribal advisory group do? What can, what can it not do? Any thoughts on a tribal advisory group mission, vision, values? What do you want America and Americans and the international community to learn? Is there a process to inviting Alaska Native corporations, tribes who are state recognized or who do not have state or tribal, uh, state or federal recognition, the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, intertribal organizations? How would you envision picking a leader for our tribal advisory group? Any thoughts on governance, resolutions, fundraising in developing this tribal advisory group? How should Native youth participate? And lastly, any ideas on renaming uh, the tribal advisory group? These are the questions I'm posting. The floor is open for the Native community. Again, our job is simply for us to sit here and listen and hear what you would like out of this. So I'm going to put myself on mute. 
I think it would be helpful if those that are would like to speak, if you would uh, care to please raise your hand or, of course, uh, feel free to speak. But I would like to now open the floor. Again, here are some of the questions. What can and should a tribal advisory group do? What can this one not do? Any thoughts on our tribal mission, tribal advisory group mission in this, vision, values? What is the process for inviting Alaska Native corporations, tribes who are state recognized or who do not have state or federal recognition, the Office of Hawaiian Affairs and intertribal organizations? Andre, we've got a hand up. Great, thank you. Um, you know what, I'm sorry, I can't see that. You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna stop sharing because I think that'll allow me to see more people. Um, yeah, yes, to whomever has their hand up, please feel free to uh, share. Uh, hi, sorry about that, hi. <laughs> hi, um, I just wanted to uh, introduce myself uh, and uh, before making any comments, my name is Lagunai Medicine Crow. I am uh, Haras and Tlingit. I come from Kihkwan um, in the heart of Tlingit Ani in Southeast Alaska. Uh, I am the president and CEO of First Alaskans Institute. We're a statewide Alaska Native nonprofit and operating foundation. And, um, and I'm honored to, to be here and learn more about um, this initiative. Um, and there's a lot to say. There's a lot to process when you think about um, the short span of time. 250 years is such a short amount of time that so much has happened to us as Native people in this country. And when you first approached me and talked to me about this effort, Andre, we had some conversations about it. And... <clears throat> In Alaska right now, First Alaskans Institute is hosting a truth, racial healing, and transformation endeavor. Um, and it's a truth-making space. It's a healing space. Um, and we hold tribunals. And those tribunals are truth-telling spaces for our Native people to come forward and share their truths about the impact of... Um, uh, all the things that have happened to us as Native people in Alaska. And we've thematically grouped them. So we started with protecting our ways of life, which is our hunting, fishing, harvesting, gathering, sharing, and ceremony. Um, and those things are criminalized in Alaska against Alaska Native people. And our people have been fighting um, and fighting uh, since day one of colonization, uh, because this is who we are. This is what makes us live. Um, and so we created a truth-telling space so that our people could share how it impacts them, their families, their communities, their cultures, their languages, the whole, the whole part of our being, their spirit, their connection to our non-human relatives. And uh, we hosted two of those around that theme. And then the third one we hosted was on 
um, lands and laws. Um, so any external uh, governments or entities from our native community whose ownership of lands or laws that they have passed have um, harmed us and uh, caused massive dislocation, um, death, all of these things. Um, so that was the third one. Uh, the fourth one was on boarding schools. And the reason it was the fourth one is because it is so overwhelmingly painful. And we needed our community to feel safe and to understand what these tribunal spaces were and to feel really connected to a space that was created for natives by natives, centering native people and their experiences, their truths. And the first one we started with was protecting our ways of life because we have been fighting that for so long, day in and day out. Our people are highly skilled advocates in this area. And we knew that they would come. And even as painful as it is to be criminalized, to have our ways of life stripped from us, that pain is not the same kind of pain as the experience of boarding schools. And that deep soul wound that has been done to us. It didn't just happen, it was done to us. And so we had that one forth so that we would have space and time to make sure that the process was working. And this was done all virtually. Um, and we're gonna do another one here in uh, another couple weeks on missing and murdered indigenous relatives and the crisis of, of what that is today. Um, and I'm sharing this because when you think about how you're approaching this 250 years and what that approach might look like for native communities, my hope is that it will be by native people, for native people, and be a space where the truth can be told. And I feel from what you were sharing at the beginning um, and what we had talked about before, I feel like this is a sense of what you folks are trying to shape as well. And um, so my hope is that that will come to fruition. And um, we have had experience as well in Alaska when Alaska was um, quote unquote celebrating 50 years of statehood. This was just uh, about 10 years ago or so, 14 almost, I think actually. Um, and- Hey, Tim. Yes. Hey, uh, my name is Joe. I got a call from Billy Canella. I'm sorry, could, could someone mute their phone if you're yeah. not speaking? Can the host mute them? The host can mute them. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we had this quote unquote celebration happening and our trustees, and our staff said, is it a celebration for Native people? And so we hosted a statewide dialogue series going to um, a number of different communities across the state and just asked for Alaska Native perspectives on statehood. And what we heard from them was overwhelmingly even though these are different nations of people, because of course Alaska Natives are not a monolith, 
um, we have 229 federally recognized tribes in our, in our state. And what we heard overwhelmingly was racism, bigotry, and discrimination continue to um, be the biggest issues that we're confronting in Alaska, but no one's talking about it. We need to talk about it. We need to address it. And so from there, we, we grew our Alaska Native Dialogues on Racial Equity, because that's what our community was talking about. So I hope that in this process of these listening sessions that you're, you're holding right now with the tribal advisory group and the other people who will um, participate, um, that you're thinking about all the different ways that people will share how they want to be involved, how they know this will work with their community or won't, and, and follow their advice and their guidance. And if we can be helpful in any way, please, um, please reach out. Um, the other question I had is, in terms of the tribal advisory group, um, what is the funding mechanism? What is the scope of, of, of its authority? Um, so that everyone has a better sense of uh, what can actually be accomplished through this um, advisory group. Finish Tishawa. Raise my hands to you. Thank you so much, Liz, for your questions. Greatly appreciated. I'd love to have a further discussion about what we're doing for fundraising and the scope of work. And I imagine that we'll go ahead and uh, as we've had a chance to deliberate, we'll post uh, information online uh, for everyone to be able to get a chance to um, see. For again today though, we would like to just simply listen and learn, but I will follow up with you of course, Liz, and share a lot more with you when we get, um, when we have further, uh, further along in this process. Hello, Mr. Jacobs. Uh, this is Greg Richardson. Can you hear me okay? Sure can. Thank you, Mr. Richardson, thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, you for the invitation to be part of this uh, historic discussion today. And I bring you greetings from the state of North Carolina, where we have eight tribes here, and seven of those are state recognized, and one of those is federally recognized. We have the largest American Indian population east of, east of the Mississippi River. And uh, a couple of comments I want to make here at the outset is that what I would hope that the um, America 250 uh, advisory group will do is bring information to the planners in terms of the content of what that uh, commemoration would be. We are part of the 250th uh, anniversary or commemoration committee here on the state level. And we have Mr. Danny Bell, who is also on this call. He is uh, chair of our cultural resources committee. And uh, I didn't tell you that I am the executive director of the North Carolina Commission of Indian Affairs. And uh, I'm a product of an Indian school where I attended elementary school at one of the old Indian schools. And no, I'm not 100 years old. Uh, but uh, we have had a lot of challenges uh, in this country. And I have a little bit of, um, I guess, um, uh, internal debate going on about participating in something called a 250th anniversary of this country when it uh, also was so 
harsh to American Indians throughout this country. So while I think we have to take our place in this space to try as best we can to make sure that the history of our people is mentioned and referenced throughout this celebration or commemoration. Uh, again, I have difficulty calling it a celebration. So I will refer to it as a commemoration maybe because I can't celebrate what has happened to my ancestors, uh, whether they be uh, from a federally recognized tribe or a state recognized tribe. So um, I do have a couple of questions, uh, Mr. Jacobs, that I wanted to pose to you as far as the 250 uh, uh, foundation. Uh, based on what I see from your website, you are a nonprofit entity, is that correct? Yep. And so you have a board of directors. I uh, saw those members, but I didn't, and I didn't get a chance to read the bios for each of the members, but my question is, whether there's an American Indian serving on the 250th board of directors. And I believe you are a staff member, but the question is, are there American Indian leaders serving on the 250th foundation? So I'd like an answer to that question. Second question I'd like to ask you is, I saw the lineup of the tribal delegates on, your, on the screen when we uh, opened the meeting and I didn't see any delegates from any of the state-recognized tribes. You have a listing of only federally-recognized tribes. So I would not be supportive of an effort, I would not want to be a part of an effort that is just going to uh, direct attention to the federally-recognized tribes. And I do not mean any uh, disrespect to the leaders of our nation uh, in terms of the federally-recognized tribes. We have a great deal of respect for them and what they do in this country and what they represent. But you see, there is a void because of the fact that many of our communities that fall in the category of state-recognized tribes often do not have a voice in many things that impact our lives and our communities. We think that's a disparity. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, the question is, how is the foundation made up? And the uh, previous speaker uh, got one question in, which I have also in terms of how is the organization funded? Um, the final question I have for you, I know I'm throwing a lot at you and I know you're recording this. So uh, I wanted to make sure that I get it on the record. Is the American 250 Foundation affiliated with the National Congress of American Indians, with the National Association of Indian Education. And I see that you are affiliated with USEP, United Southeastern Tribes. I wanna commend you on that. I wanna commend you include, on including the federally recognized tribal leaders as far as your delegates with this effort. But I want to also say to you that that space needs to be opened up to those of us who've been forgotten and left out. Thank you again, Mr. Jacobs and your team for what you are uh, proceeding to do with the American 250 commemoration. Thank you so much, Thank you there. 
Thank you so much there, Mr. Richardson. You have some very great questions there um, that are obviously very relevant and very important for us here at America 250. That's one of the items we've chatted about, uh, I've chatted about with our team is representation. We wanna increase representation at um, our senior level. And of course, where I sit at today in the organization, it's something we are working on um, actively in the present. Um, it's on our mind, it's on our radar. Um, so just want to make sure that you know that as well. In terms of state recognized tribes having no voice, I absolutely understand that that, um, you know, Native nations are what made this country great. Everybody had to do that. We needed every person in order to achieve this greatness. State recognized tribes have a place here. Federally recognized tribes do. Intertribal organizations do. Native American vets do, Native Two-Spirit communities do, every Native community we want involved if we're going to have the most inclusive commemoration in American history. It's on our radar there, Mr. Richardson. Um, and um, NCAI, great question. And also uh, the Indian Education, um, National Association of Indian Education. Yes, they're on our radar as well. Um, hoping to make it up to the mid-year conference up in Anchorage, June 12th to the 16th for NCAI, um, perhaps have a booth, um, get out, share with the community what we're doing. Um, it's coming up, it's soon, but yes, NCAI and AIE are all on our radar. Thank you. Again, we had questions that were posted earlier. I'm not sure if anybody may have a hand raised or would like to um, speak, but you're, the floor is open for the Native community to share what they would like out of this tribal advisory group and this commemoration. And again, what I can do if it's helpful is to post those questions so that you can see them again. Hello, are you able to hear me? Yep, sure can. Okay. This is um, Jamie from White Earth. I, um, I ended up having to log off and call in because we're having some weather here. So apologies that I'm on the road. Um, just, I just wanted to echo the, the two tribal leaders that just spoke, um, the questions that they had and, and the concerns that they raised and the opportunities that they raised. I, I've also had those same feelings. I think for me, I, I see a duality in this moment where <clears throat> I'm not really in the celebratory kind of mood for America turning 250. I, I am, however, um, of the perspective that it's a moment to celebrate the resiliency of all these diverse indigenous nations that have survived in spite of the United States and not because of the United States. And an opportunity for the United States to do things differently moving forward because these aren't historical wrongs. I, I, you know, just this past summer, you know, was watching city um, members being shot with rubber bullets over extractive industries and, and pipelines. So there's a lot that's still going on. You know, the comment about boarding schools and the truth finding. Um, that, that's all happening in real time. And so I guess my hope would be 
acknowledging that resilience and all these contributions and all this just complexity of Native nations in different ways for different um, age groups and different venues, but also all these partnerships that you're forming with federal agencies, I, I would love to see a real commitment moving forward and how things are going to change. What's the next 250 years going to look like? Um, that would be my my hope for this. Is you know part of this this um, commemoration, I guess, would be that truth telling for Native peoples. But I I hope it doesn't take a hundred another 250 years for things to be done differently. Um, and I think this could be an opportunity to get folks to the table to discuss how they're actually going to put a plan into to real time action work with tribes differently. So I, I think those are, you know, the types of conflicted feelings that I have. Um, also my hope for what could come out of this. Thank you. Oyana, thank you so much there, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. Safe driving, please, on the road there. Um, and we're looking forward to you uh, joining us in more conversations. Really appreciate that there. Any thoughts on governance, resolutions, fundraising and developing a tribal advisory group? I'll tell you what would be very helpful for us is resolutions supporting our efforts. Those are always very helpful when it comes time to um, fundraising, when you can show support that you have from tribes. So that's something we could certainly use in fundraising is those resolutions supporting our efforts. How should Native youth participate? Any thoughts on our tribal advisory group mission? Our tribal advisory group vision? Are there Native values that we should bring with us to this? Um, Mr. Jacobs. Ms. Richardson. Uh, Greg Richardson again. Uh, I'd like to offer a suggestion that uh, the national unity uh, be included uh, to, uh, as a way to get the uh, national input from our youth across the country. There's a national organization called Unity. They have annual conferences each year. They have uh, uh, full-time staff uh, in an office. So uh, I think that would be a great opportunity for this effort to uh, achieve input from an organization that perhaps may be already collecting some of the issues that might need to be addressed as part of this work. Thank you for that, Mr. Richardson. I'd like to perhaps pose this, because um, you brought up earlier there, Mr. Richardson, the state-recognized tribes of North Carolina. and. It's a question, for, I think, for all of in the Native community. Do we just invite everybody now at this point? Uh, social media and email is super easy. Um, we invite the tribes. The, non, the state tribes are going to find out 10 minutes later. So do we just invite everybody now? Or are we honoring, because this is a federal commission, solely federally recognized tribes? or because of our native values, do we share with every native brother and sister? Questions on that I pose for the native community. 
Mr. Jacobs, again, this is Greg Richardson uh, speaking. Uh, I would highly recommend that we leave an opportunity open for uh, all American Indians, uh, regardless of which level that, <clears throat> excuse me, they might represent. Certainly state and federally recognized tribes. You know, there's over 574 federally recognized tribes uh, in the United States, according to our last data. There's over 60 state-recognized tribes in the United States. So to me, uh, that could be the focal point in terms of getting information out, in addition to collaborating and partnering with the uh, American Indian organizations, student organizations across the nation. I certainly believe that's the best approach in terms of getting things organized, getting uh, uh, an agenda, perhaps, put together, whereas the year two, uh, 250 market uh, commemoration would be getting to the key things that have impacted American Indians throughout the country. I'd like to uh, uh, back that up. Uh, my name is Ted Tenorio. I'm Tewa Pueblo here out in California representing the state where we have 120 federal recognized uh, uh, reservations and rancherias, as we call it. But the most important thing for me in, in this conversation was should we or should we not? Because we're a federal body. Well, let me remind you that not too long ago, there was a resolution 108 that was passed. Here in California, we were impacted by that. And what do I mean by that? Under the Resolution 108, which was a termination in 1950s of all Indian reservations, there was a great migration or relocation. 400,000, some migrated to Midwest, but most migrated to the West, 200,000. Give you an example, uh, here in California, the great home of Oklahoma, of the Choctaw, have their tribal meetings annually to the 2,000 relocatees to get the numbers and get their votes in. So this is a complex uh, you know, situation here because these are a lot of things that have happened. The urban Indian, everybody talks about the urban Indian. Yes, the urban Indian in, in this state is around 157,000, just in this great city of Los Angeles. These are the American Indians that were out of the reservations. I represent the Native American Veterans Association, but here we're non-partial. But I cannot tell you how our organizations help natives, veterans that says, hey brother, I need help. I'm actually from Wisconsin, from the uh, uh, great tribes out there from the uh, Ojibwe. So my suggestion is that yes, we do recognize as Gregory Richardson said, all of them because of all of these really sensitive issues, the great migration, relocation, 
you know, uh, these uh, Native people that are always transit, that are moving. So where are their voices? We always look at our elders as giving us the voices of wisdom and culture preservations and the resilience. Well, we also find it here in big cities. But then you, then I cannot tell you how many times people say, oh, California have an American Indians and Native Americans, where? Or where do they live? Where are they? Well, of course, all our reservations are in the far most remote areas outside the cities that no one even knows about. <laughs> So, yes, it's a, it's a complex issue, and I do say that, yes, it, inclusion, because everyone has a story and a voice, and we're here, as we said earlier, we're here to listen and to raise their voices to be heard in some form and in some way. Thank you. Oyana Chucknut, Mr. Tenorio, greatly appreciate everything you say. Your wisdom is greatly appreciated. Um, look forward to you participating a lot more with us and your voice is great. Um, we're so honored to have you here today. So thank you very much. Any final thoughts perhaps from our Native community? Uh, Mr. Jacobs, I'll come back again. Uh, don't uh, it's not my nature to dominate a conversation, but I think it's a good opportunity to get some points in. Um, uh, and it's a question going back to you at this moment. Um, what will be the next step uh, or next steps in this process? You might be getting ready to go into that as we uh, wrap up, but I, I'd really like to hear what the next steps uh, would be. Uh, maybe some timelines in terms of future meetings and those kind of Thank you for that question there, Mr. Richardson. And you are so right. That's actually my next and final slide, those next steps. Um, so we'll get to those in just a little bit. Thank you, Dare, for that. Any other final thoughts from any of our um, Native community members here today? So this is what I'm proposing. Now, we've got these tribal advisory group dates set for July 13th. Trying to make things on Wednesdays just makes it easier. About every 90 days, quarterly. And in between then, I'd like to go to regions. So first, I'd like to reach out to the Northeast states, Northeast tribes, then the Southeast tribes right after that sometime in May. In May, So Mr. Richardson, I'm going to be getting a hold of you probably next week about how we can have a uh, Southeast convening. So I'd love to have perhaps 14 different regional convenings, roundtables with our native community on a regional scale. And then at the more national scale is what is listed here for Wednesday, July 13th, Wednesday, October 12th, and Wednesday, January 11th. And we'll, uh, we will continuously keep our web page updated with more information. So please check back for that in the near future. I'd also like to mention that I'd love for everyone here to join us for our Whose Land April Community Conversation. So from colonial times to the revolution and beyond, Native peoples have been forcibly removed, experienced broken treaties, and genocide while protecting homeland. 
Today's tribal land protectors are working hard to remedy centuries of legal fights. Join us as we discuss the meaning of land, whose land is tribal and non-tribal, and what Native communities are doing about it at our next community conversation. So that'll be coming up April 21st, 22 from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And there'll be time for questions and comments from the attendees. So we would love to have you uh, join us for that presentation. Oops, and actually I've had one last slide here. Let me get to that. So Hoyana Chucknuck, thank you all for attending this tribal advisory group meeting. We wanna continue this conversation. Please contact us at tribal at America250.org. And we have a feedback survey uh, in the chat so we can continue to improve your experiences. Uh, we hope that, you, that we see you at our next tribal advisory group meeting. Again, we would love for you to please fill out that, con uh, that survey form so we get an idea of how we're doing and how to improve. Oyana Chucknuck, thank you all so much for joining us today. I look forward to your participation at another tribal advisory group meeting in the future. Thank you so much. That's all for today. I'll see you next time.